Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories Edition. My name is Rachel Laurie Harris. I'm a professional dog trainer, and I'm also the proud owner of an American Staffordshire Terrier that we lovingly call Waylon. In this series, Pitbull Stories, I talk with pitbull owners all over the world, and we share our stories about pitbulls, how we got into pitbulls, how we love pitbulls, what we've learned from them, and how we're advocating for the breed now. I'm really looking Looking forward to sharing these stories. And if you'd like to be a part of this series, please follow us over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. Send me a DM. I would love to chat and hear your pitbull story. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, hashtag Pitbull Stories Edition. So I have another wonderful special guest with me today. So Kelly, why don't you take it away? Tell my listeners about you, about yourself, your dogs, and where you are. Oh, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> hi, you know, thank you for this platform. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I, I appreciate the candor. I appreciate the honesty. And I mean, it's, it's real talk. Um, it, it, it's no, it's no BS. It's not always um, a cakewalk in the park when it comes down to owning any dog, especially when it comes down to a dog that has such a high negative perception about it. And what I always tell my clients that actually have uh, pit bulls, as well as people who frown upon me having pit bulls, is your perception is not my dog's reality. Literally. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so a little bit about me. Um, I'm from DC. Um, DC, a DC native, born and raised. Um, I went to college at HBCU, Grambling State University, GS, GSU. Uh, um, I am a mother of two. Um, I got my bachelor's degree at uh, Strayer College and um, and acquisition and contract management so far from dog training. <laughs> um, I've been uh, I've been training dogs pretty much. Um, in my early years, I did it a lot, you know, due to uh, my mom's uh, friend having, um, he had an awesome German Shepherd, Toby, but he was better than Ren 10. I mean, he was the best dog. And um, of course, back in the day, um, this was like in the 80s. So of course, dogs weren't thought of the way they are now especially in the black community. And so that's the other thing that I want to um, smash the myth on when it comes down to dogs and um, certain breeds when it comes down to the black community. But we'll talk about that as well. Um, and my son, my son was the reason why I ended up with a pit bull. Um, I was supposed to be doing my paper. Um, that was due. I was watching. It was, it was due at midnight at 11.59 and I'm sitting there watching Pitbulls and Farolis. They had a marathon and so I was like, oh, I'm going to adopt one of their dogs, Creature. And so this is just how I kind of got started. And um, at the time, I you know, was telling my uh, co-workers and they were like, you know that there's a Pitbull rescue locally. And I was like, no, I didn't know, but you know, so on and so forth. So we went through there and I ended up adopting my first Pitbull, Sasha because I was so sick and tired of my son talking about his dad's dog, King. King this, King that, King is the best. And I was like, I'm so sick of King. Um, but, <laughs> but um, you know, so that's how I got started with, um, with pit bulls. And having Sasha, oh my gosh, to me, she was the best dog in the world. She was all white. She was so cute. She had the little bitty ears. And leave it to my kids. My kids were like, Mom, Sasha was like the worst dog ever. Like, literally. <laughs> Sasha was terrible. Sasha was a 
typical pit bull in the sense of um, she didn't like other dogs. And not all pit bulls have that in their DNA, but it is in their DNA, and you need to know that. Well, with me, I didn't want to believe that. But Sasha was terrible. But she was good. She was she was good to me. She was good to me and my family. She changed a lot of people's minds about the breed. With that being said and done, um, I started fostering for the same rescue. And because Sasha did not get along with other dogs necessarily, but she got along okay with puppies. And so um, she would allow puppies to come in. So we started fostering puppies. And it was such a love-hate relationship because I loved it. I mean, I hated the environment that they came from. Um, a lot of them were in shelter, so of course I drove all over the place. I went as far as for this particular rescue. I went as far as um, North Carolina to pick up puppies, and wow. Sasha was she was she was like, "Look, don't bring another thing in here." Um, but then I ended up adopting another dog from the same rescue, Crush, who was oh my gosh, that dog. He made me the trainer and the dog owner that I am today, although. He had his issues as well. So I keep getting dogs with issues. Are um, <laughs> you, you following along here? So with that, Crush was the opposite of Sasha. Um, Crush didn't like people, loved dogs. So the dogs would always gravitate to him. Even the scariest dog who would just, I mean, as soon as I would put him in my backyard, they would, you know, just try to run and hide somewhere. When Crush came outside, they automatically came out and they went to him and he was like, okay, he was like their little foster father. And um, so those, I had those two. So Sasha unfortunately drowned and I was so devastated because she drowned literally a week before I was scheduled to take my um, pet CPR class. So mm -hmm. I was devastated. So I called a local rescue that I'm still affiliated with today. And they tried to help me to, to do CPR. Um, and I, I mean, that was like the worst day of my life. Um, and then literally a year and one week, yeah, literally a year and one week later, um, my wonderful dogs that we're all gonna discuss, uh, two of them, um, uh, unfortunately attacked Crush and then um, ultimately killed him. And so I've been through the gamut when it comes down to pit bulls and their good side, their bad side, their okay side, and okay, we want to manage this side. Um, and I, I was such a, a starch advocate for them. And so I just wanted everybody to understand that they're not bad. They're not inherently bad. Um, now, are some genetically compromised? All dogs can be genetically compromised. Um, and it's not always the way that they're raised. I can't stand, oh, I cringe when I hear people say that. Because it's not always... It's not always the way that they're raised. It's really, it starts genetic. It's whatever their makeup is. So if they are genetically compromised or if they're genetically predisposed to um, the terrible behavior, then of course, accompanied with the environment, of course you have disaster. And so with that, um, I just wanted everybody to know that, that all pit bulls aren't bad. So I started out as an advocate, but I started out as, um, you know, just, I guess you could say a pit bull mom with the adoption. Then, I mean, like I said, I was so engrossed. I mean, like every day, everybody was like, Kelly, guess what? We don't want to hear about your dogs today. We don't want to hear because <laughs> you have kids. Talk about your kids. But I mean, I mean, because that's all I would talk about was, oh, Sasha and Crush did this. Oh, I did this. with. Oh, I went to this event. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to be around people who wants to hear my, my stories. So then I started a, um, I started Chick with Pits, which is what the name, where the name comes from. My, um, my best friend actually gave me that name. And 
it was just I was just advocating and I really wasn't sure if I wanted to go into training even though I was training my friends dogs and um, family members dogs but it was I was like okay I still have bills to pay you know you, you have your degree you know I was I had a comfortable lifestyle you know everybody was okay everything you know was happy but I wasn't happy unless I was around dogs so then um I went, I've gone as far as to the General Assembly in Maryland to fight the pit bull ban in PG County, and we're still fighting it. Um, it was only, it's only a, not even a handful anymore. It's just literally like three people who are just hell-bent on, um, you know, staying the course. And so we're still fighting that, but um, Charles County, Maryland, which is um, right next to PG County, they attempted to adopt the pit bull ban there. And um, the residents and I, we were like, no, hell no, we won't go. No, this is not, no, this is what we're not going to do. So I provided them, excuse me, with um, some solutions. Um, because when you're, when you're advocating, you can't go in there discussing the problem because they already know what the problem is. You have to go to them with hardcore facts, things, solutions that will absolutely work. And that's what you have to do. And so with that being said and done, um, what else did I do? Oh, so then I started, I said, well, what else could I do? So then I said, okay, well, let me bring um, attention to local organizations, pit bull organizations that, that need help and that we can get their dogs adopted. Let's showcase the dog. So then um, I started, um, what was it called? Uh, Stretch Your Mutt um, Dog Fashion Show. And so I mean, so I, I named it something different each time because um, we were it was like sip with um, sip with pits because we would go to a winery, a winery will host us, and then we would actually do a fashion show. And That's so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that for three years. The first year, um, I did it at a local park, and all the dogs got adopted. Every dog that was featured got adopted, um, and that was a local rescue. And then the second year, that was Lucky Dog Rescue. Then the second year, I forgot who I got to do, who I did it with the second year. Oh, um, Ambassador Pitbull. Ambassador Pitbull uh, was the who was the recipient. So the first year was a thousand dollars, and um, some heavy hitters actually gave us, you know, um, they didn't give us money, but they gave us products. Bissell um, was always, always helpful. Always, always, always very helpful. Oh, cool. um, um, look, uh, there was a local um, pet store that actually gave um, that, you know, again, I, was, I wanted money, but I was like, anything that you all can give, we were great with. Um, Earth, what are they called? I, I want to call them Earthnet, and that's not who they are. Um, it's not Earthlink. I can't think of the name of them, but they, um, they provided shampoo and, um, and you know, um, collars and things of that nature. So I was really, really grateful. Then the third year, um, Old Dominion Humane Society, they also uh, were recipients of, um, of, uh, of my uh, fashion show. And I mean, it was really, really, I mean, I was, I mean, I was so happy about it, but then I was like, okay, well, I have to be able to do more. Like it's always more. <laughs> always. Okay. Yes, because I mean, in advocacy, you see progress, but then the progress is so slow. You think that you're not doing anything or you're not getting anywhere. And then you'll have a major, um, you have a major breakthrough and then all of a sudden you, it's a decline. And so I was just like, okay, this emotional roller coaster is just too much for me. So then um, I was like, you know what? I know how to train dogs. So just go into training. So I started out slow, like I said, with family and friends. And then 
um, I had a mentor and I, and her name was Tony Woods. Tony Woods is awesome. She's based out of DC and it was really interesting because before I decided to go with her, you know, I had a conversation with the program. I had a conversation with her. And so she told me what her deal was and I was like, Oh, okay. 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 And again, um, she was, uh, she's black, black woman doing her thing, crushing it. And I was like, wow. Okay. So I'm not the only one. All right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I was under her for a little bit. And then she told me, she was like, you know what? She was like, you're going to, she was like, you're going to go so far in this business. You're going to go way further than me. And I was like, and may I remind you, she had been in the business, I want to say at least 10 years. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm 10 years behind. Like, <laughs> What makes you think? She was like, just because of the things that you're doing, she was like, your passion and things of that nature. So I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'm just trying to learn because I want to save as many dogs as I possibly can. Um, fast forward, um, I had my very first client and I called my first paying client and I was petrified. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And it was a Dasha hound. So I'm like, okay, why is this dog is causing so much hate discontent? And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I walked out of there. I mean, I crushed it. I was like, I did it. I did it. And so that's what started me. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's what started me on my journey of being a dog trainer to where I am now. And it just amazes me when I look back on my experiences as a dog trainer and as a dog owner, because there are times where you, which you when you go through as a business owner, where, like you said, you have the highs, you have the lows, um, you have um, experiences that make you think that, that make you rethink maybe this wasn't the right choice for me. And well, I know that feeling. I'm familiar with that feeling. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, what the heck? Like, are you serious? I mean, I literally was going to just shut down business. Like I said, when Sasha died, I was just like, okay, I was devastated. When Crush was killed, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like, I mean, my kids were like, okay, um, need to get your life together um, because you still got to live and we got places to go and things to do. And um, it was just... I mean, it was just really, really crazy. And so I just sat back one day and I was like, I'm, I'm going through this for a reason. I was like, somebody is going to appreciate this. And I don't know who. And I really hate the fact that I'm the one that has to go through it for them, you know, to make it easier for them. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. What? Like, seriously, what a journey. Like, I, and you know, I think that, I think that as, you know, dog professionals and dog owners, I think we all can share that sentiment. You know what I mean? That like shitty things happen, right? Like I yes. have to make the behavioral euthanasia call with a pit bull we fostered. I've broken up fights. Like, yes. I mean, there is some really unenjoyable stuff, but ultimately we learn from that and our negative experiences really gets to help guide other people and prevent them from having those same experiences. And like, exactly. there's, there's beauty in that, right? Like there's a yes. lot of struggle in that for <laughs> us as we go on, but we got to be better advocates and I feel like it helps like us empathetically connect with our clients, especially people who own, yes. you know, because, and that was a huge motivator for starting this series of podcasts, right? Is that like, I think that as owners of pit bulls, we feel this like innate desire to like show the world how great they can be. But if you have a dog who isn't great with other dogs or isn't great right. with people, I think that it's this like this weird parallel where we have so much guilt about it. I really just want to normalize. Like it doesn't matter the breed of dog. 
Some dogs yes. aggressive. Some dogs don't like people. And that is okay. Like, I think yes. we have to celebrate our dogs for who they are instead of holding them to this, like, bullshit standard, right? <laughs> like, they're all Oh, my gosh. I just want to hug you right now. Yes, because I say that. I, I literally do. I'm like, meet your dog where they are. Be okay with where your dog is in his or her journey. Now, are you supposed to make your dog feel crappy or should people make you feel crappy because your dog is where they are? Hell no. At the same time, what I need you to do is I need you to work on making sure that your dog is okay in certain situations and set your dog up for success and not failure. I've done that before and it's not fun at all. It's not a good feeling, but I do not. I'm as a trainer and as a dog owner, I refuse to let anybody make anybody feel bad about their dog. I literally, I had an incident in class one time um, and I forgot what type of dog it was, but there was a couple and this one dog, I mean, people come to class because they need help. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day. And so long story short, um, this dog had a really bad reaction. Um, you know, he had been progressing throughout class, but this one day I just, I just think it was just too much. And so I was like, okay, so, um, I had, uh, at that time, each dog had to meet each other. Like, I mean, you had to like walk by each other. You didn't have to stop and, you know, greet, but you had to walk by and you had to have control over your dog. And, um, I heard one person say, this one particular uh, couple say, um, my dog is going to meet that dog. And I stopped class immediately. And I did not address the person directly, but I, they knew who I was talking about. And I said, let me tell you something, okay? No one in this class, in any of my classes, will ever make anyone feel small or crappy about their dog. Everyone is here to learn. And this is one of the reasons why you have so many dogs that end up in shelters because people are shamed. And we will not shame anybody in this class. This person is here and I commend them for coming to class because they want to do better. They want their dogs to, to exceed and excel. And I'm going and I'm, I'm here to do that. Okay, if you don't want your dog to meet any dog in this class, guess what? You are welcome to leave. And I will, and I don't get refunds, but I say I will gladly give you a refund. You will never make because you should have seen the horror on the owner's face of being able to like, okay, I I knew that this was going to happen and I did not want this to happen. And I I told them, no, you're going to stay because the person's going to leave. I said, no, you're going to stay. And we're going to work on this. And can I tell you when it came time, for, and I was like, you know what, y'all up first. Walk by each other. And I was like, and matter of fact, for you two, you're going to stop and you're going to shake hands. Put your dog into a sit, put your dog into a down, and let's do this. And they were like, the, the couple that I, that I was talking to came after class and they said, you know what, we, we, we greatly apologize. You know, thank you so much. You know, they was like, the, and the dog did wonderful with they The dog did excellent throughout the entire class. And even when the dog graduated, they were like, you've done such a good job with this. Yeah, damn right. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to make anybody feel small in my class. You just will not. I'm not going to have it. And so I, I am adamant about that. Do not make anybody feel crappy because that's why people don't seek help. And that's where the problem lies. Yes. And like, I, I couldn't agree anymore with what you just said, because seriously, like our <laughs> obligation, our obligation to our clients is to build them up and celebrate them 
and taking those small steps towards making their life better and their dog's life better. And I think that as a community of dog owners, we need to hold each other accountable and remind ourselves that it is not about shaming people for what they have done wrong. It is about celebrating exactly. that they showed up to the damn class, right? They're ready. They're, they're exactly. here. They're ready to do the work. And I feel like particularly pit bull people, I feel like we have to remind each other that like, it is okay if your dog is X, Y, or Z, right? Like you are doing the mm-hmm. best you can for your dog. And I feel like that I feel like that takes so much pressure off of us as people, not feeling like we have to perform or quote unquote, make our dogs be a certain way, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not about that. It's about meeting our dogs where they are and and advocating for them in that moment so that they can succeed, not putting them in situations that they're going to fail and then be upset and pissed about it later. Exactly. Exactly. And And that's true. I mean, everybody needs to understand that just because they're dogs, I don't care what breed of dog it is. At the end of the day, what are they? They are animals. And so they have innate behavior that some of it you can train and some of it you, you can manage and others you just have to be like, okay, they're a dog. At the end of the day, like I said, I have four dogs. Okay, I've had as many as five at one time. Do they all get along? 99.999% of the time. That, that half a percent where they're not getting along, okay, guess what, what's going on? Then you have to look and find out what the issue is as opposed to, you know, beating yourself up about, you know, well, what went wrong or you're, why, you're domesticated, why, are, why can't you act right? What do you mean why can't they act right? They're dogs, they're animals. And just because we've domesticated them does not mean that their natural instincts go away. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm confused on that. <laughs> Well, and I think that, I think that, you know, I love how like on social media, there's all these images, right? Of like pit bulls hanging out with kids and dog, other dogs and cats. And like, that's beautiful. I celebrate that. But I think that there's, you know, this dark side of that, that then all people think that all pit bulls will do that. Yes. I think that, I think that something that people don't always recognize is that like, you know, pit bull and pit bull type dogs are athletes. Right. And like they yes. are not for the faint of heart. Right. Like no. <laughs> has dragged me down more times than I would like. To exactly. So like he's knocked me down and it's never been malicious, but like he's mm-hmm. a powerhouse and that's part of the deal, you know? And I think exactly. that, I think that we have to help people understand that like pit bulls are amazing. They could be fit, fabulous dogs, but you got to be ready. Like you can't just like just train like the athlete out of a dog. It's, it's just kind of built in. It's part of the practice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I tell people that I'm like, I mean, thank goodness that my dogs are not that athletic uh, pit bull that'll, you know, jump anything that nature. Oh, I mean, of course, that way. But I have now Azul, Nestle, um, Chachala, and Bentley. Well, actually, I only have two real pit bulls, um, and that will be Nestle and Azul. And Bentley and Chachala, they're like hound mixes. They, they're they just, I, we don't know. They're just dogs is what I always tell people. They're dogs. Yeah, right. And so, um, yeah. And so, but Azul um, has, like, as he gets older, and that's the other thing. Dogs change as they get older. As as he gets older, he's feeling himself. And I'm like, dude, you have no balls. Like, literally, you have no balls. <laughs> so I'm really trying to figure out, like, where did you, like, where are you getting this for you to be smelling yourself the way that you are? <laughs> and, um, and like I said, I mean, 
he surprises me on a regular basis. Uh, before um, before I have uh, I got my my gate up, I had one morning. I'm up early in the morning with the dogs, and you know I have um, stuff to do before I get my my day started. And I come around the corner of my house, and I see two dogs running down my driveway, and I have all four of my dogs out. And I'm like, what the hell? What is going on? I just knew it was going to be a massacre. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, you know. And Azul surprised me. There was, I mean, I think the dogs were friendly uh, for the most part. So I think that that was on my side. And the mere fact, like I said, I had to, you know, I always work on recall with um, with my dogs, especially Azul, because Azul is the one that's going to try me. And I mean, I had to call him three times, but I was so grateful that because that could have went wrong so bad, oh, so sure. bad. And and it really bothers me that um, because I had pit bulls, you know, my neighbors are like, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they just you the look, the judgment, right? It's frowned upon, exactly. And I'm like, you know, what the heck? So, um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, oh, a bull, a butterfly. That was a nice little butterfly. I don't it know, was? the butterfly's what been loving me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it just landed on me. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, but yeah, and it's just, like I said, I really need people to understand when you get a dog, I don't care what kind of dog it is, but especially when you get an athletic dog, when you get a powerhouse dog like your Dogo's, um, your melon belt, um, your mel, yeah, Melgin belt, Malinois. I keep wanting to put them together. Your Malinois, let me just say that <laughs> when you get your Malinois, I don't even say German Shepherds anymore. I am so devastated at the way that they have been breeding my German Shepherds. They are not German Shepherds of old, so I don't even want to include them in this. But when you get like your strong dogs, um, even your Roddies, you have to understand what you're getting. They may be one way at one point in their lives, but then they can, you know, they change as they get older. And like I said, with, with Azul filling himself, you know, he just like, he just running around the property. And it's so funny because when I see him, he, he just like running around, like he's just trying to cause mayhem. Like, where can I get into today? And I'm like, Azul, like, just go sit down. And then Chachala, you know, he's running around behind him like, yeah, what are we going to get into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's go spike. Let's go spike. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but, you know, back in um, Looney Tune days where, the, you know, you got the big dog, you got the little dog. And yeah, that's how a, a Chachala and Azul are. And so, um, yeah, I just need people who have pit bulls to understand that it's okay, like you said earlier, for your dog not to be um, Caesar Milan's dog. Like, he's not junior. He's not, you know, daddy. And and to a certain degree, I blame him a little bit, too, um, just for the, the, the pit bull. Because, again, can they be the, those dogs? Yes, they can. Yes, they can be. And I love the way that he, and I shouldn't say blame, because that, that's, that's a harsh word. I would say that um, he's kind of contributed to um, the idea that, you know, to see if a dog can even do that. That's number one. Then you have to work on the training because I remember when um, when Junior first came on the scene, Junior was about that life. And <laughs> one dog went after Junior and Junior was like, what? And then, you know, um, Caesar was like, see, I have to train the pit bull out of him. Sometimes you can't train the pit bull or you can't train the breed out of 
the dog. It's in their DNA, period. And, um, and uh, this is probably going to be very unpopular, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because I always like to tackle unpopular um, topics. Uh, when it comes down to Michael Vick, one of the things that I, um, I advocate, and I shouldn't say advocate, but I'm going to go ahead and use that word just um, for the lack of a better word at this moment. I advocate for, um, I don't advocate for him. I advocate for the, for what he brought attention to because Everybody swore up and down that pit bulls were they they could not be rehabilitated. They're the absolute worst dogs in the entire world. They all need to be put down, which I can't stand, Peter. Oh my gosh, that's another oh huge gosh. thing. Yeah. I want to attack. Oh, I can't wait. Oh gosh, but that's a whole nother topic. Let's stay on topic, Kelly. Stay on topic. <laughs> but again, I mean, you know, Peter was the same people that wanted to kill all of the dogs and thank God for best friends. But I mean, even with those dogs. At the end of the day, the majority of them, I think all but I think like three were able to be saved. And so that's what I need people to understand. I don't really give a good gosh darn what a dog's um, background was. It's where the dog is now. Let's meet the dog where he or she is now. And can they get the help that they need now? And that's why um, you know, people, well, I can't believe you're, you're, you know, you're taking up for Michael Vick. I'm not taking up for him because what he did was absolutely atrocious, period. I personally think that they all should have, what, what they did to the dogs should have been done to them, period. That, that, that's just my personal opinion, period. Now, do I think that he should have gone to jail? I mean, to prison? No, I don't think he should have gone to prison, but I think that he should have, the same thing that they did to them dogs should have been the exact same thing they should have done to them, period. That, that's just my personal opinion. But because of that, um, atrocity, look what happened. All of a sudden, people started seeing pit bulls in a different light. We started having more people advocating for pit bulls. We started having people wanting to adopt pit bulls. People got over their fears of having a pit bull, being around a pit bull, thinking that, okay, is this dog going to attack me? Oh, yeah, it's going to lick you to death. Trust me when I tell you. And so, yeah, I mean, so that with that being said and done, I really think that, um, we need to stop shaming people for the type of dogs that they want. I mean, you should be able to own any type of dog that you that you want, as long as you have um, the capability to be able to handle that dog, period. And when it comes down to my pities, like I said, I love my pities. Oh, I do. Does it, Do everybody need to have a pity? No. No, definitely no. not. And you know what, no. I want to just circle back to, to the Michael Vick conversation because I think that sure. this is something that is, you know, it's contentious, right? Like it feels like we want to be so mad at Michael Vick. And while yes, like what he did was terrible and no dog should have to experience mm -hmm. that. I have to agree with you, right? Like the spotlight that was shown, right? And I feel like for the first time in a long time, the media started to paint pit bulls as the victim for once. Yes. Right? They saw them as a victim. Yes. And I feel like that was, a, there was a huge shift in public perception after that, that I don't yes. think without that incident happening, I'm not sure we would be where we are right now. I don't think so either. Right? Because I agree. It was a national stage that for once, 
Um, the dialogue was not, well, I shouldn't say for once, for the first time in a long time, right? Like mm -hmm. the conversation wasn't about perpetuating myths, right? It was finally right. about exactly. seeing them as the individual creatures that they are. Yes, I agree with you. I agree. And that has always been my stance. And I mean, I've had people, I can't believe you, you know, maybe that's the reason why you had pit bulls because you are a fighter. Oh, just shut up, you know, just, yeah, you know. But I'm like, what you, have, what you don't understand, if you got out of your own way for one moment, and you were able to see, like you said, what, what was spotlighted, that finally that pit bulls were seen as victims and not um, causing hate and discontent. That is the thing that people have to remember. And that's what I try to bring to the forefront whenever we talk about Michael Vick, because of the fact that if it wasn't for him being spotlighted, this would have been swept up under the rug. Pit bulls would be dying at a much higher rate than what they are. Um, I've also believed that because they are in the, um, in the shelters longer than, um, I think because of this, one of the things that happened was people started moving to no-kill shelters. People started volunteering more. Um, you know, people were staying um, in shelters or in rescues as long as they were before because now people saw them as family dogs and i'm like what in the, and like i said because i love animals um <clears throat> i do my best to to know more about each dog that i that i could possibly interact with but i'm like if you go back to the original times just about every dog uh well the i should say the original breeds the new ones i don't know what they doing but <laughs> they <laughs> they worked on a the farm they had to earn their keep and that's what pit bulls did. I mean, just like with Roddy's, Roddy's were a herding dog. Well, so were um, pit bulls. It wasn't until some sick, sadistic person decided to, hey, you know, because of their gameness, hey, and their athleticism, hey, let's go ahead, let's try this with them. And then people are the ones that made them bad. They didn't make themselves bad. And then even if you, like I said, if you go back in the history and if you look at it, when they started breeding the fighting um, part of the pit bull, when they started putting that into them, it, they had to still be calm enough to people to where that if, you know, if they were injured, they had to still be able to be touched and be able to see if they could still continue fighting or not. And then those same dogs that were bad and tattered and torn still went home and they were inside the house with the family. They were nanny dogs as well. So people don't want to hear that. They just want to hear what, whatever argument, you know, best suits them. Oh, pit bulls are the absolute best. Oh, pit bulls are the absolute worst. You can find an argument for both ways at the end of the, at the, end of the day. As a pit bull owner, it is my job to make sure that, number one, that my dog is safe, period. Yep. Number two, I need to make sure that the public is safe whenever I take my dogs out, period. So if that means that you cannot interact with my dog, I'm, I'm going to tell you, no, you cannot interact with my dog. If there's an environment where I see that my dog is not too comfortable in, I'm leaving that environment. Because again, it's all about safety. And it's all about, again, making sure that I am not perpetuating the myth. Number one, I'm black. Number two, I'm a female. Number three, I have a pit bull. So 
I, I must be a hood person. I must be ghetto. I must be a thug. I'm a, what am I doing with this dog? So it's funny that when I did, um, when I did my first fashion show, uh, everybody had to, it was a fashion show. So the dogs, of course, were dressed up. And then the people had to be dressed up who were the models who were um, walking the dog. So we had heels on. So I'm walking, I'm walking my dog with heels on. I'm like, and again, that's a certain amount of control. When I'm out in public with my dogs, I have the leash around my neck. I don't, I don't hold the leash in my hand sometimes. I have it around my neck, but I still have control because my dog is walking beside me. And so when people see me, they're like, um, does she have, is the dog, yeah, the dog is on a leash because of course, when I'm going into the store, that's, it's mandatory. Your dog has to be on a leash and your dog has to be calm. And your dog, your dog, you have to have control over your dog. If you don't have control over your dog, then why are you here? And I've gone to, um, I do a lot of training at Lowe's. I love Lowe's. But I've gone, I do a lot of training at Lowe's. But even when I go for myself, um, I've had people with little dogs in the cart. Their dogs are just, and then my dogs are just looking like, especially when I have Azul, Azul is like, I'm not paying attention to that. He's like, hey, he's looking to the people. Hey, are you going to pet me? Are you going to give me love? Who's going to give me love? That's all he cares about. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, people just really, really grind my gears, especially when it comes down to little dogs and, you know, and pit bulls and kids and pit bulls. And, um, you know, I always tell people, keep your um, your name off of, or the dogs, the, the breed off of your mouth if you've never experienced a negative um, interaction with a pit bull. Stop it. Because if you never had a, um, a negative interaction, I don't care if it was your friend, I don't care if it was your dad, your mom, that was their experience. That was not your experience. And so you're putting that negativity on an entire breed. Are you serious right now? Like, stop it. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Right. And I think that people need to check themselves. Like, do you know what, like, do you really know? And I think it's hard because the media has not been in the pit bulls corner for very often. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there's so much min misinformation out there. And, and I find that this happens, you know, like I was talking with a neighbor recently and he wants to tell me about how pit bulls have locking jaws. And I'm like, <laughs> no, they don't. First and foremost, that's not true. And second, right. the more you babble about this, dogs suffer because of that. You know what I mean? Like dogs exactly. suffering when people are continuing to perpetuate myths around dogs. And we have to stop exactly. it, right? Like exactly. these dogs don't deserve it. They're beautiful creatures and it's up to us to advocate for them. So, so Kelly, I want to hear a little bit more about like your experience. So are you in Virginia now? Yes, I'm in Virginia now. Yes. Okay. And, and, and Virginia typically like, um, how do you feel like your community like perceives you when you're out with your dogs? Do you feel like people are like more welcoming? Like what has your experience has been like that? So um it's been it's that's a twofold question for me, um, on on two different levels. So um I just moved um, to where I am now. Um, I'm, I'm in a different county. When I was in uh, Stafford County, which is about 40 minutes away from where I am now, I'm very welcome. And well, at first, when I would walk Sasha, um, I had this guy almost get hit by a car. Like he literally ran into the street. Mary, mind you, Sasha wasn't looking at him, wasn't paying him no mind. I was like, you're such an ass. I was like, I, I really wish you would have gotten hit because you're so stupid. And like, it's not like- over to greet her or what? 
No, he was running away. Now, man, oh my you, God. We were walk, like we were walking, minding our business. Natty, I mean, he, Sasha wasn't even looking at him. I, I mean, I just happened to see him again because I'm just aware of my surroundings in general. So initially, when I first got Sasha, um, and then I turned around and got crushed. They were like, "What the heck? What is she doing? Is she trying? Is she Michelle Vick? What is going on? Like, oh my gosh, she's turning it." But then, yeah, of course, as time went on, you know, my neighbors absolutely loved her. Um, every because I took them everywhere with me. I took both of them everywhere I went. They went. Everybody loved them. Everybody was welcoming. Oh man, pet your dog. And like I said, with Crush, Crush wasn't too fond of people, you know, too often. So I was like, okay, Sasha, yes, Crush, you know. I'll take him, you know, somewhere else. And um, and that was fine. And just being in that area and that environment, Virginia as a whole pretty much is a, or, but yeah, all of Virginia pretty much is a um, pet-friendly environment. Uh, of course, you have, you know, those that have their preferences, of, of course. And when I moved here to where I am now, um, it's been kind of a twofold with that and i'm what i mean by that is because i also um, moved down where i am now to start my business and so that was a whole nother issue by itself uh, <laughs> and so people were like oh my gosh you know all she wants to do is just have pit bulls and i'm like no i don't and if you you know pay attention you know so and so i i've been fighting i'm still fighting that battle you know that's a whole nother thing by itself but i believe overall when i'm out and about with my dogs Oh my gosh, everybody, may I please, I mean, they've been very respectful. And that was one of the things that I don't like about dog lovers. Don't just walk up on my dog. Just, I mean, because you don't know what my dog is going to, you know, what environment, I mean, how they're feeling. You don't know what my dog, you don't know my dog could be vicious. You don't know if my dog, I mean, of course you would assume because I'm having my dog out in public that my dog is okay. But again, you don't know. So please ask. And so a lot of people are beginning to ask, hi, may I please pet your dog? Oh, you sure may. And then, I mean, and then, of course, the dogs just absolutely love them, and they're just like, oh, we're going out again? So I have out and about, people absolutely love my dogs. They're just like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're, and then they start to tell me their stories about their pit bulls, and all of a sudden, their kids and their grandkids, and then this person has a pit bull, and then I'm like, okay, that's great, okay, we, I came into shop, I'm, you know, I got to do stuff, you know, but over, <laughs> overall, um, it's been very welcoming, which has been um, a blessing because of the mere fact, like I said, when I first got Sasha and Crush, it was a no, I mean, people were like, oh, oh my gosh. And even with, I've had clients, like I said, because I do um, a lot of classes at Lowe's. Oh my gosh. I mean, I had this one woman and literally I, and I had been going to this particular Lowe's for an extended period of time. And I just knew that they were going to ask me not to come back because this woman made me so angry. My client had a pit bull. Um, she already had some issues because she was, you know, she was concerned about her dog. And I'm like, your dog is perfectly fine. It's you. I need you to calm down. And, you know, so I had to, you know, she, she had just gotten her confidence built up. She was, her dog did phenomenal in class. Um, people were like, you know, I want to, you know, interact with your dog. And I was like, you don't have to let them interact if you're not comfortable because you have to be comfortable because if you're not comfortable, she's not going to be comfortable. And then all oh, hell is going to break loose. And so I was like, it's totally up to you. So there, there were people who got in close proximity and we had a great time. So it was time for us to leave. I said, okay, you know, let's leave. Cause what I always do is I always start at the lumber yard because that's the, the least amount of traffic. 
and then we build our way up to the main area and then you know they act like they're shopping and things of that nature so we were leaving everybody we was in single file line everybody was leaving it looked like it was a little parade you know the because the employees knew me everybody was smiling you know can we get the dog treats and you know this that and the other so it was like a little parade and then it was this older woman and she older white woman and she was like oh my gosh i cannot believe you will bring that type of vicious dog in here and and so she was berating my client and so my client did not get a chance to um oh that's cha-cha cha-cha um my client didn't get a chance to walk by because she was so because the woman accosted her so i was like oh my gosh so i i made sure i was like one moment i said go over to the side I, you know, got the rest of the class out. I said, well, give me one second, everybody, because I always talk to my class after the fact. I said, I went back in there. I said, let me tell you something. I said, do you know this woman? Do you know this dog? Have you had any interaction with this dog? No, but, but I said, let me tell you something. I'm talking. I said, don't you interrupt me. I said, don't you ever in your entire, I mean, I literally, I gave that woman the right act, and everybody just stopped and kind of looked. I said, so it's people like you that perpetuate this myth that these dogs are horrible. If this dog was horrible, do you really think, and I made my client stay there with her dog. Her dog sat there the entire time. Got to the point where, because I was talking, the dog just went to a down. I said, is this dog, um, this dog smelling you? Is this dog jumping on you? Is this dog causing any type of hate and discontent? She was like, well, no, but still, I said, well, then you shut your mouth. Don't you ever put your name on this dog again. I said, I don't ever want to hear that. If I ever see you and if I hear you say anything about a pit bull, other anything, I don't care if it's good. I was like, you're going you're gonna to have problems with me. Do I make myself clear? And my client was like, you know, trying not to cry. I said, look how you made this woman feel. I said, you don't know what's going on in her world. And for you to sit here and, and talk about her dog, a dog that you do not know of, it's despicable. You are a despicable human being. And I hope that Lowe's don't allow you back in it. <laughs> and I'm like, they were looking at me like, how you gonna tell us not to let? <laughs> so then, you know, we went out and you know, I made sure my client was okay. And then I told her dog, you know, I was like, come on, let's go. And you know, the woman, you know, of course she was just, you know, had the little stink face. And, you know, and I talked to my class about it and everyone had the same sentiment. They were like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that that woman did that to you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's fine that you're having the conversation now. That's great. That's good. But I need you to tell your other friends who may be like this person not to be this way. And so, and it, it really bothered me so bad, you know, so I ended up going back into Lowe's and I apologize to um, the employees, they were like, no, you're fine. They were like, yeah, she was out of line, you know, totally out of line, you know, so on and so forth. But it's situations like that, that, like you said, that perpetuates the negative, um, the negative association with pit bulls. And like you said, the media does not do it justice because any time that there's a dog bite, it it was a pit bull. But if it wasn't a pit bull, if they're not sure, well, there was a dog bite, well, name the dog, well, name the breed. What was the breed? Yeah. Oh, so so pit bulls are the only dogs that bite? Are you serious right now? Like, stop it. Oh my God, yes. And I love so much how you stood up for your client. Like, <laughs> and like, I feel that same, like, fierce protection over my clients, especially yes. with pit bulls, right? Like, no way, community. Like, welcome to the uh, informative session you didn't know you were getting today, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> Let me educate you while we're at it here because yes. Oh my God. 
Oh my God. Okay, Kelly. So I kind of want to wrap it up here, but I, I would love to hear from you. What sure. is one pitbull myth that you wish would just die already? Well, you named the, the main one, which is pitbulls have locking jaws. No, they don't have locking jaws. But the myth that I, that I, uh, let me see, what's another one that I, I dislike? Um, oh my gosh. That's the main one. Um, that they're born inherently dangerous. They're born that way. They're born that way. It's their environment. No, and that's why, again, like you said, welcome to um, the world of information about pit bulls. No, they do not have locking jaws. The, um, I do believe it's the temporal muscle is bigger than, um, than any other breed, which gives them that extra strength. And so that's what, I mean, that muscle is, is so strong, and that's what causes them to not lock, but they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to hold on, and I'm just not going to let go until, you know, until uh, I'm ready to let go. And as a um, dog owner who's had to break up fights between pit bulls, trust me, if they had locking jaws, I, we would still be in that fight. <laughs> so, so no, they do not have locking jaws. And no, it's not always their environment because they can be in, um, I'm actually working with a client now who the dog came from a very, very abusive um, environment. The dog is sweet as gold. And when I say sweet, I mean, so sweet, very, very excitable, but it's, I mean, but works to please. And that's the thing that I need everybody to understand. Judge each dog as an individual and not as a total breed itself. Right. And that's for every breed, right? Like I feel yes. like my yes. listeners are so savvy. They get it. But I think it's still important to like, just bring up, you know what I mean? That like, yes. okay, sure. You have a dog of a breed, but they're still an individual. And yes, yes. maybe they like Chihuahua. Chihuahuas are another one. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> but like, Even though they are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So Kelly, if my listeners want to connect with me, with you, um, tell them how they can find you. Sure. You can follow me on social media. Um, I'm not too big on Twitter, but I do go on Twitter, but, um, I'm, it's at chick with pits, C H I C W I T H P as in Paul I T S. Um, same with uh, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is the same at chick with pits, C H I C. Please don't put the K in there because I had somebody say, I looked you up and it was porn. I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, no, no you put in the wrong one. So no, it was... <laughs> so no, it's okay, at we'll, chick with we'll pits. Include, we'll include links to that in the show notes so people can find you easily. Um, thank yes. you so much for chatting with me. It was such a delight. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for your platform. And hey, let's keep advocating for these dogs and let's, let's link up more often. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at A Good Feeling Dog Training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.